The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. We carry on through our day as if everything is just fine. But for many of us, it's merely a mask covering up all the emotion simmering just under the surface. Welcome to Stories from the Heart of Leadership with Shamin Sadiq. In this program, you'll hear from others who face the same adversities in life as the rest of us. But these individuals have redirected their energies to creating extraordinary ideas and concepts. Find out what they are and what's behind the motive. Now, here is your host, Shamin Sadiq. Hello and welcome to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. I'm your host, Shamin Sadiq, and you're listening to us today on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. The topic for today is exquisite self-awareness. Now, you might be wondering, what does this have to do with leadership? Why is she talking about this? Or maybe you're not wondering at all. Maybe you're thinking this is completely aligned with what Shamin likes to talk about. But for me... Exquisite self-awareness is an essential leadership trait, as well as an essential trait for someone who's in the line of work that I'm in. I had considered myself to have attended the best of the best trainings out there in the leadership consulting space and in the coaching space. I did some training with the Coaches Training Institute, uh, got certified as a coach through that organization. Then I went on and did more training with the um, organization and relationship systems coaching people at CRR Global. Then I found the leadership circle and I thought, oh my gosh, does it get any better than this? Well, it does. I was very, very lucky in 2010 to, for some reason, receive an email inviting me to a train the trainer in the field of family constellations. And when I saw this email, I don't even know how I got it or why I got it. I had this, this immediate urge to say yes. So I did. I said yes. I signed up. I paid. I knew nothing about um, the organization that was offering it. I had never heard of the trainer who they were bringing to, to teach it, but I had a little bit of exposure to the Family Constellations work through some of the other training that I had done, and I thought, hey, this will be great. Well, was I ever in for a treat? I walked into the room, and our, our trainer is our guest today on Stories from the Heart of Leadership. His name is Shavasti, and... In those five days that we spent together in Toronto, I realized that this man was teaching me some skills that would cross any body of work that would be invaluable to me for my professional and personal life. And I really do believe, Shavasti, that you not only teach but embody this exquisite self-awareness which has been so, so valuable to me ever since that day. Uh, and so welcome and thank you for joining me on the show today. Thank you very much for inviting me. Thank you. Um, it's, it's quite something to listen to, to, to quite a lot of praise that way. Um, 
I guess for all of us, when we do our work passionately, that there's a tendency not to see it as being extraordinary because it all feels rather natural to what we're doing. And, and so it's uh, always very humbling and interesting to listen to somebody else's experience of, of my work because it all feels quite normal and natural to me. I totally get that. I, I feel the same way. And I have people who give me feedback as well. And I think, wow, what, what are they so wowed about? I was just doing what I do all the time. But, but for me, this really was. And so I want you to know this. It's not just to praise you because you're a guest on the show. It's really, I found that um, there was a level of depth that we went to in that work that um, has made a huge difference to me in my work. And I subsequently uh, met up with you a couple of years after that. Yes, you came Cal- to California. California, yeah. that's right. Yeah. And had another amazing, powerful experience there. So, um, yeah, but I know what you mean. I mean, it's it's what you do all the time. It's just who you are and you're just being yourself. And yet, for uh, those who experience and appreciate your work it is an extraordinary experience but more so just um tremendous learning that i continue to learn i mean i haven't got self-awareness licked or all sewn up yet (laughs) i think it's a a lifetime worth of work it's it's a process and and what you experience is not where i started off not at all tell us a little bit more about where you started off Oh, I started off by trying to figure it all out. I had to know everything. I had to understand everything. I needed to create formulas. I needed to see, well, if this happens, then that's probably going to happen. And if I observe that, then that's probably true. And so it's been a journey over 20 years to realize that not knowing is really the crucible of power of real understanding because when we relax the mind enough and when we get the mind in our our tiny little egos that need to perform and get it all right and so afraid of getting things wrong when we build a healthy relationship to two things a to not knowing and b to being wrong Mm. i have no problem in front of a group of people answering a question with, I actually don't know the answer to that. Mm. To actually say, I don't know. Wow. Or to say, you know, over the years, I have very frequently observed this or, or that, but I'm not certain that that's always true. Mm. To be really comfortable to say, I don't know, and to be comfortable in the moment of actually not knowing. And so for me, it was a process because as I worked and the more and more I worked with people, I I have given something like um, 450 weekend workshops. That's a lot of workshops. Um, And over the time, I gradually began to see and to experience that using all of that mental energy to strategize and to figure out what was right and, and to have everything as a formula, missed one very important ingredient, the heart. Mm. When we're in our mind trying to figure it all out, the heart's disengaged because the heart doesn't have any opinions. The eyes of the heart are far broader and much more encompassing 
than the eyes of the mind. And so it really was a process of opening up the eyes of my heart to see a more complete story, to see my clients in a more complete way. And that really took me having to see myself and experience myself in a more complete way. I'm not able to see more of a client than I'm able to see of myself. Yes. Yes. And so our own self-awareness dictates how aware we can be of others. It cannot be any other way. And so instead of peering into people to say, well, what's up there? What, what's going on there? Yeah. What, what's up with them? What, is, what can I fix? What's right. the formula here? You know, yes. so they've got a daddy issue over there, and therefore I'm expecting this kind of behavior. So I had to learn over the, over the period of working, stop peering, stop probing, just expand and open, and everything that needs to be revealed and it can be starting from a point of not knowing, not knowing, not seeing, not understanding, and being comfortable with that. And then everything becomes revealed in a much more organic way. And this can be taught. It can be taught as you have experience, and there are depths of it. And, and we have these great teachers around at the moment. We have people like um, Eckhart Tolle, we have people like um, Adi Ashanti, and others who are talking about the silence and the nothingness. And when I used to listen to them um, a while back, uh, years ago, or certainly eight or nine or 10 years ago, I'd think, what are the people talking about? How can you do something from nothing? Right. And, until I got it until I really, really got it. And I'm like, oh my God, inside the nothing is just about everything you'd possibly need to know. Yeah. I think in our achiever, in our North American achiever mentality, this is something that is highly suspect to most people. Like, uh -huh. How could she possibly know something when we're just sitting here quietly together? Um, how, could, how could me not talking actually mean anything useful or me not doing anything mean anything useful? And yet it's, I mean, I was like that too. I, I remember when I met you, you said, you said, darling, the energy is pouring right out of the top of your head, right out through your forehead. And I was like, what's he talking about? What energy <laughs> pouring out of my head? But it was, it was me trying to figure it out. And mm -hmm. I know now I, I see myself, I mean, I, I continue to practice this and to learn and, and, and grow with it. Um, sometimes when I'm teaching groups of people will be together for three days together and sometimes at the end of the first day my head hurts and it's it's I realize now or I, I sometimes can can see that afterwards and say okay somebody was thinking too much was it me was it them was it all of us trying to figure something out trying to get their heads wrapped around some content but on the second day when we go into a deeper conversation and a deeper dive into you know what does this all mean about us then um I've noticed that that head sort of ache is not so present and their energy has shifted too. But these are things I did not know um, before. I, di I didn't have any uh, feeling or sense or awareness of any of this uh, prior to you and I meeting each other. Mm -hmm. And I think it makes, it makes a huge difference. So 
Tell us a little bit more about your work. I mean, we've alluded to it and I've talked about the family constellations, but I think that you see yourself much more broadly than that, just that field of work um, these days, mm. if I'm not mistaken. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I was quite well-known or fairly well-known within family constellations um, circles, and I have two books written. One is called The Healing of Individuals, Families, and Nations, and the other one is called The Language of the Soul, under my author's name, John Payne. But now my latest books are under my uh, new chosen name, Shavasti, um, which again has been a journey. The name was given to me 20 years ago and it took me until four or five years ago to truly adopt it and, and use it beyond just, uh, friends and, and private circles of people. Um, so yes, my work is inclusive of family constellations now. And so I don't give workshops any longer that are exclusively family constellations, but it's just my new body of work. And how would I describe my new body of work? I turn up, there's a group of people, I sit and we dialogue and we see where we go from there. So it's really about working in the pro, in the present moment. I don't prepare for radio interviews. I don't prepare for public talks. I don't even prepare when I'm writing a book. Mm. I just sit and I see what wants to come, mm. what mm. wants to come in this moment. Yeah. And so my own process has not been the smoothest ride um, back in 2007. So back in 2007, I experienced an armed robbery, which was really a huge turning point in my life. Prior to that, although there had been an, a, a development of this sitting in silence and building up this relationship with not knowing, it still left me with a much deeper question. And it, and it was a question that hadn't been formulated yet. I mean, it wasn't really a question with words like, what is this? It was a feeling. Yes. And the feeling of something being on the tip of my tongue. Mm. And that meeting of... Well, the barrel of a gun. Wow. The prospect of being killed. Um, the robber himself said several times, I'm going to kill you now. Wow. And so there was an absolute expectation that it was all going to end. And it didn't end. Mm. I heard a voice, uh, either an internal voice or an external voice. It, it, it was a loud, booming, masculine voice that said, do you want to live? Wow. The, the thing with it, though, was not that they, I, I answered yes, was that there was a pause. Hmm. My yes was not immediate. Hmm. And so the, the little delay of a second or two, perhaps two seconds or three seconds at most, that was an eternity. And I really began to understand my whole life flashed before me. Wow. I, I felt everything that I had felt and seen all my decisions. So in those, in those split seconds, my, my whole life flashed before me. And then there was this upwelling, an upwelling within me. And I said to myself, I don't want to leave yet. Mm. And although I recounted in my book this whole story, 
there was a bit that I didn't actually write. Um, either I either forgot it or I wasn't courageous enough to write in my latest book. I'm not sure. But what really came up with me, I want to know what love is. Mm. I want to know what love is. Wow. And so that was eight years ago. Wow. And then the, the moment I said to the voice, I replied to the voice that asked me, do you want to live? Yes. The gunman laughed and said, I'm not in the mood for murder tonight. Wow. And he walked away. Wow. He just simply walked away. Wow. What a story. Um, I am somewhat speechless and at the same time totally not surprised. And we need to take a short break. So let's let that story just sit with us over the break. And when we return, we'll continue this conversation with Shavasti, who has so kindly joined me today on Stories from the Heart of Leadership. We'll be right back. This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Where can you find a forum to help you make the best decisions in your everyday life? Listen for An Hour of Empowerment with Charles Haywood Ellis III. Each week, the program will cover a wide variety of topics you've asked about, from self-improvement to finances and matters as varied as education and urban violence. An Hour of Empowerment can be heard live every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Be sure to stop by every week. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit VoiceAmerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. If you're looking for tips for personal success, look no further than DJ and the Bear, keeping you at the top of your game with your hosts, leadership and personal effectiveness consultant, Dietta Jones, and Richard Dent, formerly of the champion Chicago Bears. Together, as a husband and wife team, they've raised a family, owned two successful businesses, led major philanthropic initiatives through their foundation, and lived the ultimate lifestyle. Find out their secrets. Listen every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. If you have a question or comment, or just want to find out more about our program, please send Shamine an email. Her email address is shamine at anjaliLeadership.com. 
That's S-H-A-H-M-E-E-N at A-N-J-A-L-I leadership.com. Now, back to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. Welcome back to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. I'm Shamin Sadiq, your host, and I'm joined today with by Shavasti, and we were talking about exquisite self-awareness. Now, before the break, Shavasti, you, you shared this incredible story of being asked whether you wanted to live, pausing, seeing your life in front of you, flash uh, in front of you, and then choosing, yes, I do, uh, and then having the, the danger sort of leave. I, I just uh, thank you so much for sharing that with us. To this day, um, that is still a miracle for me in the real sense of the word. Yes. I statistically, it was an armed robbery in South Africa, and therefore statistically, I should be dead. Yes, yes. It was quite amazing. In the days afterwards, I was walking around in the days, um, really in an altered state of consciousness. And th- this is one of the things with deep trauma. On the one hand, the altered state of consciousness is a very high state of awareness and high state of consciousness. And on the other hand, it's... It's also insane. Mm-hmm. I've experienced a couple of times in my life that the that the the line, the very thin line between spiritual awareness and and sanity, is it's very true. Mm. It's it, 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 I had days after that experience where I questioned my own sanity, and yet I was perceiving reality in a completely different way in a completely different way. I remember stopping my car. The sky was absolutely blue, and there was one single blue cloud, and uh, white cloud in the sky. And I stopped my car on the road, and I got out of the car, and I stopped, and I looked up at the cloud. And I stood there for several minutes looking up at it, and I was questioning, what does blue mean? Mm. Why is the sky blue? What is that cloud? And I became aware of consciousness everywhere looking back at me. Wow. So that was the beginning of the journey. And then I went off to China and I'd spent, um, um, I suppose, well, it was about a year, but I was going backwards and forwards, so all told about nine months in China. Okay. Um, learning Tai Chi. And then that really brought me to stillness in a very big way. Wow. Wow. There are so many threads that I want to pick up on. So maybe, I'll just name them and we'll see which one feels like the most resonant. There's the the thread of um, what you what you so courageously shared here that you said you didn't share in your book about wanting to know what love is. There's mm. the thread of um, how this experience shaped what came next for you or led you into what came next. And then there's also the thread of your name and stepping into a name that I didn't realize that Shavasti was a name that was offered to you 20 years ago so I, I'm so curious about all three of these and I don't know if there's, there's a way to weave them together or if, if there's one that grabs you as more uh, um, relevant and resonant for you to, to follow along well um, mm, as you're talking about leadership and there are a lot of people here who are out there working with other people uh, what I'm wanting to share more than anything is what is the journey 
of the leader? Mm. What is the journey of the healer? Mm. Because the journey we take other people on, it's in reality not really about them. It's about us. And so the byproduct is how other people are touched by us, inspired by us, healed by what it is that we have to offer. And so I do what I do because I get to experience the greater part, the better part of myself. And so it's, I take myself and the truer version of myself, not the little me that still worries. <coughs> if I have to rely on the little me, the day-to-day -day me to do the work that I do, he yes. can't do any of that. Right. <laughs> You know, the little me wants, is afraid and wants to prepare for every talk. Yes. Um, wants to plan how to write a book, write down, you know, all, what all the content should be of the book and, and plan it ahead of time and, and, is, and is constantly worried about what people are going to think when, when they read it. Mm. So I've realized that it's only surrendering to that which is greater than myself, that it comes from within myself that I can actually do this work. And so each time I work, I also become more whole and complete. And so therefore it behooves us as those who work with other people to face what is within us. And the biggest disease of Western culture, it is, it is throughout the world, yes. but it is, there is a particular emphasis in, in Western culture, and that is of self-hatred. Mm. most people including myself are running or have been running at high speed away from self-hatred yes and chasing everything if I have this and then I'll be good yes if I become this and then I'll be good I must be perfect perfectionism does not flow from the heart Perfectionism is about avoiding what's wrong and bad about us. Mm -hmm. It doesn't actually allow for magnificence. Those who are magnificent, and you've probably experienced this yourself, and I know that I have, when we step into our magnificence, it's built on a foundation of being okay with being wrong. Yes. I don't care if I fuck this up monumentally. Am I allowed to say that word on a radio station? Well, I just have, haven't I? <laughs> you just have, so <laughs> I we'll just, just have, go with that. <laughs> so so um, I come from a country where those words are allowed. So <laughs> I just it's realized, okay. oh, oh gosh, probably lots of Americans are listening to this. They don't like words like that. I'm, on the I'm, air. Sure, that, I'm sure they've heard that word before. Yes. So, <laughs> and, had that, and had that thought before, by the way. And they've done it as well. Yes. It, it, it's, it's about allowing ourselves to fuck it up monumentally yes. and be comfortable with that. To be able to stand in front of your group of students or clients and say, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Or to stop yourself mid-sentence and say, I don't know what I've just been talking about. That sounds like utter bullshit. Just give me a moment here. <laughs> just give me a moment here. Yes. I've said those kinds of things in front of groups of people. It's about being fearless. Yes. It's about being fearless, and it's also about realizing who are we listening to when we listen to the feedback? 
Often, the harshest critics are those people who are not doing anything like we're doing. They don't have the courage to do what we do. They don't have the courage to stand in front of a group of people. Brene Brown has got a wonderful TED talk about this, about about which which feedback to listen to and which critics to listen to. Mm. And I love listening to her because she said it exactly as I experience it and explained it in a way better than I have explained it to people before. Um, I love her work, Brene Brown. And, and so she talks about listen to your peers, listen to the people who do what you do. Yes. Because very often the harshest critics don't have the courage to do what we're doing. Yes. And part of that courage is to say, I don't know. I really don't know. So the whole process of coming into myself, really coming into myself and embodying my work started with a gun to my head. Not everybody needs to have that experience. Mm -hmm. But I do remember, I do remember my work got to a stage where it was expanding, it was deepening, but it constantly felt as if there was a word on the tip of my tongue. Mm. There was something I wasn't quite getting. And I remember I prayed in deep meditation and I said, reveal to me what it is. I want to know what it is. And I said, whatever it takes, whatever it takes. Wow. Wow. And what I discovered was that a lot of the heart was missing from my work. And so it took for me to look down the barrel of a gun to really transform that. And it wasn't that I was heartless or unkind or lacked compassion, but it was about my relationship to myself through my work, and it was about broadening my view of what I was doing, and that really came through a lot of silence. It came through having an excellent relationship to being wrong and to not knowing. You know, I, I think about this. I mean, I'm, I, I'm so happy to hear you talking about this. Um, I had an experience just last week or maybe the week before where a colleague and I were together uh, working with a group of people and it was hard and it was difficult and we felt like it was going forward and backwards and forward and backwards and, um, I was starting to feel the feeling of that old um, story about, you know, the self-hatred story, <laughs> the one that says you're not good enough, obviously you don't know what you're doing, you know, but I was able to see that that was what was happening. And this is, I like, when you talk about this, you talk about it in a way that resonates with me very deeply because I'm... I've experienced you and you've invited me into looking at myself in this way. I think for those who maybe are the harsher critics who are not engaged in this or haven't had the opportunity yet, it's um, harder to understand sometimes what, what does that mean? Why is he talking like that? What is that all about? So I feel like um, in this moment I had the chance to feel 
both sides of this or both ends of this, not ends, but maybe the uh, a greater part of this spectrum of self-awareness where I got caught with the belief or the story that I'm not any good and this is really going down the tubes here and I must really suck. And then I was able to say, hang on a second, something's happening and it's making, it's activating those old stories. But but what is, if I could come back to myself and come back to the awareness that I'm enough just as I am and that even if they don't like me, you know, or they don't think I'm doing a good job, it doesn't mean that I'm not. Um, then I was able to finally, at, at later in the afternoon, I was able to speak a truth to this group about my experience with them. And it was upon speaking that truth, which to some in that group, probably sounded very harsh because what I said was, I feel like I've been fighting with you all day long and frankly, it's getting boring. And, but it needed to be said, you know, uh-huh. it was the truth of my experience. Absolutely. And it was then that things turned. It was then that we turned some sort of corner into something that was a... Um, uh, more real, more useful for them, um, kind of broke this pattern of this fighting that we were more doing. Authentic. More authentic. And yeah. it, we laughed. My, my partner in the work and I went out for dinner later and we were drinking wine and laughing about me saying, I'm bored. You know, frankly, you're boring me. And we were making fun of me, sort of, you know, poking some fun at myself around that. But that's the fearlessness that this, um, this work requires, is the fearlessness to speak the truth. This, the, the truth, it's not the truth, it's my truth. It's the truth mm-hmm. of my experience at this moment. And mm-hmm. I, I never would have been able to see that if I had only approached this work from my head. So I, I'm resonating with what you're saying and I, I love this and I wish that more of us, I, I, I know in the family constellations work that I've done more training since I met you because the, the work is very interesting to me and I've met... Mm-hmm. Uh, many, many very wonderful teachers who are very self-aware. But in my field, I, I think there are a lot of people who still use their heads to try and figure things out. And I want for us all to, you know, to be able to mm, feel, um, identify what we're feeling or feel what we're feeling and then report it and then use it in service of of whatever we're up to. And the deeper question is for this work, it's... it's <clears throat> When we turn up to teach, the deeper question is, who's turning up to teach? Yeah. And are you turning up to do something? And I know that if you're sitting on the outside of this, if, if, if you're a doer, if you are the one, you've got your course materials, you've got your plan for the day, and there's nothing wrong with having any of that. Yes. There's nothing wrong with having any of that because if you're going into a commercial organization that has certain goals, then you've got to have some kind of structured approach. Of but course. I'm talking about really being present with, okay, well, who is actually coming to teach? Yeah. And it's about being, being the essence of why you do what you do. What is your work giving you? Uh, Many people are not honest about why they do what they do. Mm -hmm. 
Some people are teachers because they really suck at personal relationships and it's one of their main ways of communicating and having connection with human beings. Right. I, I, know, I only know how to connect with other human beings when I'm standing in front of a class. Yeah. If we can be honest about that, if we yeah. can say, you know, my personal relationships are really difficult. I don't know how to have personal intimate relationships. But when I'm in front of the class, this is my opportunity to connect with people. And when we say that to ourselves, when we can be honest with ourselves to actually say that, then a new truth emerges. This is my opportunity to love people. Yes. No. This is how I find a way to love people. Or perhaps the truth is, this is the only time I ever have the courage to speak my truth. Mm. So perhaps it's not about relationships and difficulty and right. connecting with people, but perhaps the reason why we teach is because we grew up in a family where our voice was silenced. Mm. And so this is our one opportunity to speak our truth. And mm -hmm. so instead of turning up to work and saying, okay, I'm going to do this and do this and do that, follow this formula, there is a deeper longing within me to stand in my truth and communicate my truth. And of course, speaking truth is very different to expressing an opinion. Mm -hmm. Most people don't so, understand the difference between opinion right. and truth. Right. The truth, right. The truth emerges from the depth of our being. It emerges from our heart. And so we've also got to be honest. Why do we do what we do? I do what I do because I love me when I'm doing what I'm doing. Mm. You know, I'm shuffling around the supermarket and um, uh, or generally going through life. You know, you catch a glimpse of yourself in the mirror. There's still bits that I think, oh, that needs to be fixed. That needs to be thinner. This needs to be dressed better. This, um, um, you need to um, behave better in front of these people or, or be a certain way. We're all bombarded with these images all day. If I think that that person has got to do what I do, then he will just crumble, absolutely crumble. Yeah. And so I do what I do because... I love me when I'm doing it. Mm. Shavasti, we need to take a break, but when we come back, I want to hear more about um, your latest book, and, mm. and let's see if we can bring all of this together uh, um, for our listeners into something that they can walk away with that they might be able to practice or, or um, learn more about, something like that when we come back. Okay, sounds like a plan. Good. All right. So we'll take a break and be right back. This is Shamin Sadek, and you're listening to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to share success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Hear about personal growth, building a better business, inspirational life stories, and personal branding. You'll find it every day at voiceamericaempowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Are you happy in your life? Or are you just 
settling. It's time to speak out, take control of your existence, and let your life speak. Bart Queen is the host of A Hero's Journey. His personal goal is to help you find your voice, use that voice, and live the life that you deserve to live. Do more, be more, and give more. Tune into A Hero's Journey on the Voice America Empowerment Channel, live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. You owe it to yourself to tune in and make your voice count. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Have you ever thought of owning your own business? Are you interested in making more money? Are you interested in becoming focused and super productive? Mark your calendar every Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, and 2 p.m. Central Time to listen and learn from America's business expert, Bill Walsh, on The Rainmaker Show. Bill will share the untold secrets to launch and build a successful company in today's challenging economy. We'll also have top success experts and giveaways every week. Tune in to the Voice America Empowerment Channel to create success on your terms. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. If you have a question or comment, or just want to find out more about our program, please send Shamine an email. Her email address is shamine at anjaliLeadership.com. That's S-H-A-H-M-E-E-N at A-N-J-A-L-I Leadership.com. Now, back to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. Welcome back to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. I'm joined today by Shavasti, and we've been talking about exquisite self-awareness. Before we jump back into our third segment, I wanted to remind you about some upcoming events. So for those of you who are executive coaches or human resources professionals or work in OD or in learning and development and want to get certified to use the Leadership Circle suite of instruments... I wanted you to know that I'm teaching in the D.C. area, June 10th to 12th, and in Denver, September 30th to October 2nd. So um, you've missed our Toronto dates, but that's okay. You can come and, come and be with me for three days in D.C. or in Denver. And to learn more about the Leadership Circle, which you know I'm so passionate about, go to theleadershipcircle.com and uh, learn more about the assessments, about the 360, about the manager edition, and about the Leadership Culture Survey. You'll get certified in all three if you come and join me on either of those dates. And... There are trainings available in other cities that are led by some of my wonderful colleagues. So uh, find the place that's closest to you and sign up and um, go and enjoy. Uh, 
I also want to take a moment to acknowledge my sponsors, uh, Jim Anderson and Dan Holden, two of my colleagues and beloved friends in this work of leadership consulting and executive coaching. You can find Jim at fit2lead.com and you can find Dan at danielholdenassociates.com. And while I'm giving you contact information, I should give you the information for Shavasti so that you can find him. So uh, you can uh, follow Shavasti on Twitter at Shavasti, that's S-H-A-V-A-S-T-I, and as well find him on his website, which is Shavasti.com. And Shavasti, if there's any other way that you want people to reach out to you besides those two, um, now's the time to let us know. Oh, I think that just about covers it, the website. and Because uh, the website's got phone numbers and email addresses and all that kind of stuff on it. So Great. I'm pretty easy to find. It's just my name. Yes. Oh, and would you – I'm dying to know what, the, what your name means. And, and you, without making it the whole story for the third segment, but just could you tell me what it means, where it came from, who gave it to you, who offered it to you? Uh, I'll, I'm, I'm happy to share what it means rather than um, who gave it to me, etc. It's still okay. quite private for me. Okay. Um, it means the power to transform. Mm-hmm. The power to transform. Um, that's what it means. And some people who know Sanskrit are a little bit freaked out by the name because it, it, it can have a couple of different meanings. Um, but the one that uh, a scholar that I worked with quite recently is the power to transform. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Beautiful. So, and you talked, you talked about a crucible earlier in the conversation. So I'm struck by, you know, crucible, alchemy, transformation. Uh, it's just beautiful. And this is, this is the heart of my work. It's the heart of my writing. It's um, the kind of work I do on Skype with people in, and also when I teach, I haven't taught for a while. It's one of my longings to, to get out there and do more workshops, do more, more um, training days with people, or just to come and sit with groups of people. That is my absolute love to do that because I love people. And one of the challenges is, is that often uh, organizations say, would you like to come and teach? And they want to have a whole plan from me. And I say, well, I I don't really do that. I just, yes. you know, there's 40 people there and I just turn up and I see who's there and I look and I see whatever comes. And, but I think this is becoming more acceptable now as the, the, there are plenty of other teachers who are just going out there and, and sitting and seeing what wants to present itself. And that's where I'm actually at my happiest. And that's when it becomes the most powerful. Mm. And for when we let go of structures, then that is when the heart has got a greater opportunity to speak. I remember when I was with you in California, you said, um, I, I, cause that, that was billed as a train the trainer. Um, still, I think it was around family constellations, maybe not so significantly about that, but it was still a train the trainer. And I remember you saying, I'm thinking that what I'd like to do next is just say, come and sit, let's sit together and see what happens. Um, and, you know, follow the energy after we've sat together. And I love that that's how it's played out for you. That's what you're doing. And I do think there's so much, um, 
so much in the, at least in the corporate realm where I play so much more appreciation for two things lately. One is the neuroscience that underpins all of this, or that is um, providing some science to back up what we've always uh, known or many of us have known or have learned. But also the um, mindfulness is becoming much more corporately palatable. So I could see that your offer is uh, easier now for corporations Mm -hmm. to say yes to something like that. Well, here's the thing. Most people, when they sign up for a workshop or they sign up for a training, they approach it, we approach it, and I've done it as well, they approach it as if they're buying a product off the shelf. Yes. So if I if I go to this course and I'm going to get this, yeah. but there cannot be the getting of being and discovering the depths of your very own heart. Right. That 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 you know that that doesn't cost two ninety nine and is not down aisle three. Yes. That is that is an experience, and so part of the difficulty with offering the kind of work that I do is that. Um, if you're if you're looking for an object to grasp hold of, I'm all about <laughs> gently slapping the back of the hand and say, "Let go of the objects. Yes. Let go of the objects. Right. It's not about the objects. It's about discovering the truth of who you are, and not in some kind of floaty, spacey, not even in your body, out there being a bliss bunny. Quite the opposite. It's about really grounding into." The truth of who we are. It's about saying, you know, I'm afraid or I don't know. Mm-hmm. And so with the book that I've just, um, well, not just written, I've just had it published. There's yes. a bit of a gap between writing it and <laughs> having it in the shops, etc. And, and uh, course. I understand it's made it to Barnes & Noble in California because I got an email from somebody last week saying, I bought your book in Barnes & Noble in Los Angeles. So I was very Wonderful. happy about that. Yes. Oh, awesome. Uh, awesome. In... So embracing the power of truth. Mm. Gosh, we need a whole extra hour for this. It's we might have to come back for another hour of this, yes. <laughs> in, indeed. And so the book is talking about not only my own personal story, but it's not an autobiographical book. There are some autobiographical elements, and I lead into teachings, and it really is about distilled truth. Mm really experiencing what is the difference between a story, an opinion, and the truth. Mm. And I talk about it in a way that for some people it can be quite shocking. So one of the things that I say is that we must also overcome the it's only story that we all tell. What I mean by it's only story is I used to live from this place of thinking, oh, well, it's only the waiter. It's only my taxi driver. It's only the the woman at the checkout. And one of the things that I realized when in that place of the armed robbery, when I realized the thing that I wanted, the reason why I didn't want to die is because I wanted to know what love is. And I realized that my heart actually wanted to love just everybody. Mm. And so I came face to face with the it's only story that I tell. Mm. And it's because we've been told that if we love someone, it's got to have another meaning to it, meaning that 
if let's say you have a gardener or let's say you have a housekeeper or you have your accountant, we tend to tell ourselves that if we love that person, that means there's got to be a friendship there or some other kind of relationship. And what I discovered is that's not true. Mm. It's one of the lies we tell ourselves. So what happens is we limit our connections with people. In fact, we limit our love because we've told ourselves that if we love our gardener or if we love our housekeeper or if we love the guy at the petrol station or the gas station who fills up our car, then somehow we've got to let them into our private lives. And that simply is not true. Yeah. And so we limit all of that love. And it's about allowing that to flow. So that's one of the things that I talk about. And what I really talk about is what is the one thing, what is the one thing you have spent your entire life running from? Because mm. most of us live a life that is constructed in avoidance of ever feeling the the deep shameful secret that we carry. Yeah. Often the deep shameful secret is shame itself, but it's a feeling of I'm not wanted yeah. or I'm ugly or I'm bad. And so when people say they want to be more successful, I ask them, well, what does that mean for you? Mostly when we want to be more successful is that we want to be loved and appreciated. Mm, yes. And so we have this idea that if we achieve a certain salary or achieve um, a certain position within a corporate organization or achieve something within a business, then that's going to bring us the love. And it's not that I'm speaking against doing any of that. Go out and achieve all of that. But be, realize that what you're really wanting to do is to experience the better part of you. Yeah. The better part of you that is, in fact, love, that is peace and is totally at peace with not knowing. So that's basically what my book is about and lots of other things. Embracing the Power of Truth, available on Amazon. I cannot wait to get it. I tried to buy it on Amazon.ca a few days ago, and they said it wasn't quite ready in Canada yet. But um, maybe I'll just order it from the U.S. Amazon and get them to ship it here for me um, because it sounds extraordinary. And thank you for sharing the best of you with me and with our listeners here today. It's been such a pleasure to have you on the show. Oh, you're more than welcome, Shalina. I look forward to doing it again sometime. Oh, yes, me too, me too, because this always happens. We have such a great conversation, and then at the end we realize there's a whole other you know, hour or two of, um, of things that we could share, and I hope that you will come back and join me again sometime. That would be awesome. Absolutely, and even if your listeners are drawn to know more, they might want to work with me privately. I do Skype sessions, so it doesn't matter where I am in the world. And um, and I'm open to, very open to invitations to come and sit with people, sit with groups and individuals, no matter where you are in the world. Wonderful. And I'm just going to add to that. Um, one of the things I've wanted to do since the last time I saw you is to co-sit, co <laughs> sit together with a group of people and see what happens. Um, I love the thought of dancing in that 
together. So if any of you are listening and are drawn to uh, want both of us to come together to be with you, then uh, we're, I think you're open to that, aren't you, Shavasti? Yes, absolutely. Yes, I am too. I'm, I would love to do that. So yes, let's put it out there and see what happens. Well, thank you so much. And to all of our listeners, thank you for being with us today. I look forward to speaking with you next week. And until then, take good care. Thank you so much for joining us today for Stories from the Heart of Leadership. Shamin Sadiq will be back next Monday with another extraordinary guest at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We hope you'll come back as well. Have a terrific week. And remember, you are not alone. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.